So I had a great idea for a video, Justin, for my for my job. Okay. Uh, I was like, gonna make like the the headline, like the title of the video came to me, and I was like, this is a great idea. And it was, is Spider Man Two better than Spider Man Two? And I was gonna play, yeah, Spider Man Two, the like PlayStation Two GameCube game, and then I was gonna play, and then I played obviously the the PlayStation Five game, Spider Man Two, and um, the problem was. I do not own a copy of Spider-Man 2, the original one. Okay. So I ordered that off of eBay. And okay. I was like, I don't have PlayStation 2 controllers. I do have a PlayStation 2, but I don't have PlayStation 2 controllers. So I ordered those off of uh, eBay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, knock off ones that are wireless, by the way. Okay. Super easy. And then I was like, ah, and I don't have a way to hook up my PlayStation 2 to my TV. So I ordered okay. an HDMI adapter. What? About $65, 70 there. And I was like, this'll be a this'll be good. Um took care of all the stuff I had to take care of in terms of my gaming this past week and on Saturday, got it all set up. And I was like, all right, time to sit down with Spider-Man 2. Can't wait. And my PlayStation 2 disc reader is completely destroyed. So that's not happening, guys. <laughs> oh. Well, did you did you try to put it in your uh, the Xbox? I know they talk a lot about just backwards compatibility. Just put it For in there and it plays. For one second there, I was like, does that work? <laughs> <laughs> For one second, I was like, wait a second. Does that work on the PS4? It's probably not, right? I, no, PS4, they'll probably charge you money just for doing that, for even trying. Does PS4 like, have backward compatibility? Can I don't think with PS2. Like, I think not. I, I think you can put some PlayStation 3 games in there. Nope. You can't put any 4, place? PlayStation 4 disc drive and hardware cannot read PS2 or PS3 discs. So the uh. easiest way to access your favorite games is you PlayStation Plus Extra, Deluxe, whatever, whatever, whatever. Oh, I think, I think I'm thinking of Assassin's Creed uh, Black Flag, and they gave you, like, a digital copy um, when you bought the other one. So I got, like, oh, the disc version on PS3 or vice versa, one of the two. Because I remember that was, like, my cross-gen experience that was like was pretty cool you know what i mean yeah uh. yeah no um so i got a meeting tomorrow i'm just gonna be like guys that's not happening <laughs> uh, well i b- better better question for you yeah what what is better spider-man 2 the movie or spider-man 2 the video game five four three uh, like the, two, wait, 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 one, which spider-man go. 2 the movie like spider the spider-man like the original 2 movie. spider-man 2 the one based on the game you were gonna play um i'm gonna say spider-man 2 the movie probably is Oh wow, that's shocking for me, at least. Oh really? Are you not 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 a Raimi fan? It's not that I'm not a Raimi fan. I just feel like one is camp and cheese, and the other one is just like a good fucking story. So, um, but it's camp and cheese. But like underneath the camp and cheese, you, you know, underneath underneath the camp and cheese is is a delightful nacho. Yeah, it, it's a with little, little with soggy a good, with a, a little good story. soggy in 2023. You know, it's like that bottom nacho that got a little too much of the stuff on it. You kind of I'll peel away. This. It's like, it's a little floppy, but. In 2023, I've watched Spider-Man 1, 2, and 3. They hold up. From the, well, 2 holds up really well. <laughs> <I> mean, like, <laughs> 2 holds up really well with the, uh, like, with the, like, lens of I'm watching an older movie. <laughs> like yeah, a 20-year-old yeah, yeah. I mean, movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think, I think the, like, obviously, like, I'm not going to make an argument that that is, like, uh, a bad movie. But I feel like that is a movie that is like a product of his time yes, more so a than like, percent. yeah. I and it I think, shows its age in a way that is a little bit more clear than something like I think like what like the first Iron Man came out like probably five years after that maybe yeah maybe more yeah. Um, but like not that much more right and like that is a movie that I think you could still watch today and be like yeah this is pretty much the same way how movies are made now versus 
Spider-Man one, two, and three, which are like like just older, and in terms even of like, like the, their time. The Amazing Spider-Man two is not a great movie, but I feel like it feels more modern and watchable Correct. today yes. than than that. But um, wow, you think the story is better in in Spider-Man two than it is in Spider-Man two? Um, in, <laughs> you know, in Spider-Man two, what I really like are the two Spider-Men, and then in Spider-Man two, what I really like are. Um, I was going to try and think of another two thing to say. Uh, the, the, no, no, no. The, uh, like better, like the, not the better eight. necessarily. The eight legs. Um, yeah, I, yeah. but I think I prefer the story of someone grappling with who they're supposed to be and, and that sort of stuff more than the, the problems in, uh, the Spider-Man two game. Not that I dislike this. The obviously I think the story in Spider-Man two is the fucking game is very good. Um, but like for me personally, the, uh, uh, beats and stuff of Spider-Man two, the movie, uh, hit better. And also, unfortunately, Spider-Man two, the game does not have the song vindicated by dashboard confessional playing. Over the credits. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, <laughs> it's return me to an emo kid. It was, it was a teaser for Spider-Man three. It's in box. Justin, it's Hitbox, episode number uh, 168. You looked like you had something else to add about Spider-Man 2 right there. My name is Peter Arnspeed. Oh. Joining me as always is my wonderful friend, Coast Justin Makovich. What did you have to add? I'm so sorry. I didn't mean oh. to cut you off. It just felt right. Oh, no, no, no. It was just, I was going to say, do you like Doc Ock better in the game or Spider-Man or the, or the movie? Uh, I'll be honest. I don't like him in either, really. Okay. Uh, I, mean, like, I, I think he's kind of weak in the movie just because it's... He's just like underwritten. And then in the game, uh, I remember being like, just let's just get to the the stuff with him. Well, I thought I thought in the game they were going to not make it like he was the villain and then they made it the villain. And it's like, well, yeah, of yeah, course. Right. Like, like I thought they were going to subvert that. But I hate how in the movie it's basically like the arms are controlling his brain. Yeah. Like, I think that's well, such like an easy. Chip, yeah, that's just an easy like plot device. But I think you putting it as he's underwritten in the movie is perfect. But I love that. I love his moment at the end when he kind of takes control. You um, listen to me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 oh, yeah. I do like that part. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. You got that good um, moment. I will say, have you seen the edit of um, Peter Parker in Spider-Man the game uh, at the end? Going, you motherfucker! Oh yeah, you know, yeah, you know yeah. What I'm talking about? Like, yeah, yeah. Because he was an extra, or not extra. He was like a background voice in The Last of Us Two, uh, as like just one of the enemies. And so, but like the voice he does for that is like his Peter Parker voice essentially. And so, like someone edited it, in, and it's really good. And like it's it's the sort of thing where like like we we talked a little bit about how we kind of wish that Spider Man Two the game uh, was M, not not so that it could be like like dark like in, in like violent and stuff, but that's so it could go a little bit to those places that it like talks about going. And I, I let, get, let him say fuck once. <laughs> yeah. Let just throw one Peter in there. Just fuck. throw it in there. Yeah. Um, I mean, if I'm Mary Jane, I'm being chased by like my, my unconscious, uh, you know, boyfriend oh, yeah. oh, or whatever yeah. it is. I'd throw a couple of swear words in there. I wouldn't just How be like running that, in silence. Which that's is pretty like, good. Miles, he's asleep. And he's like, what? <laughs> like, that's scary, man. Yeah, that's that's scary one of the fuck. scariest parts. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. Ooh. Anyway, uh, hey, 
how do we start the show? It's just so it's so like uh, 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 we did Spider-Man part one in this beginning and then Spider-Man part then two, Spider-Man two right now. and then Spider-Man three Venom. Is that going to be the let me let me adjust my hair, put that over my eye, um, pop my collar. I'm going to dance real quick. <clears throat> yeah. And Justin, here's a preview of what's coming up. Uh, the Game Awards announce its nominees, which is very uh, exciting. We're going to talk about all of that. Uh, GTA 6 is set to be released, uh, not released, announced officially. Like we're, we're set to see a trailer is what I'm trying to say later this year. And a live action Zelda movie is in the works, according to Nintendo. Uh, we're going to talk about all of those stories and more before we do. I want to tell our listeners, Justin, to join our Discord server. The link to that is in the description of this episode. Um, they can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash hitboxpod. Become a $1 podcast producer or a $3 deluxe podcast producer like Jay Knoll, like Dave Parker, like GKS. Every single week, those deluxe podcast producers get an additional 30-minute bonus episode of us uh, getting, getting a little deeper into a topic. Uh, sometimes it's more than 30 minutes. Last week was like 45, I think. Um, today we're, we're talking about Persona 5 Tactica, which I have played and, uh, spoiler alert, beaten. Um, so we're going to be getting into that a little bit deeper, uh, in that bonus episode. So if you're interested in that, patreon.com slash hitboxpod, $3 deluxe podcast producer. Uh, if not, that's all good. You can follow us on Twitter at hitboxpod or rate this podcast in your podcast player of choice. Justin, I'm tired of doing the housekeeping. I'm so sick of it in this episode right now. Okay. Instead, if it's okay with you. Okay. I would like to go to the Metacritic Roundup. Let's go! Metacritic Roundup. I was feeling tired. I'll be honest with you, Justin. I was feeling tired after work today. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling energized right now. Like the, the the what's going on right now between you and me? It's electric. We got the we got we got the feeling. We got the feeling. I got that Taco Bell coursing through my veins. Yes, you do. Yes, it's you certainly there. do. And Ooh. remind me what you got. Remind me what you got. Well, I got three crunchy tacos. Mm. Well, one crunchy, three soggy. You know how That's I have how two goes. soggy. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. And then I got uh, two Chipotle Ranch uh, grilled chicken burritos. Do you, um, when you do the tacos, do you just do like plain or are you do, doing a Dorito Loco? Um, well, I just do the number one. So like I got to be cost effective because I don't want to spend like $40 on like three tacos, like which yeah, yeah, it yeah. seems like I do now in the best of times. So I just do the original crunchy because there's something about just eating crunchy tacos. Like if I'm going to do an eating contest, it's probably going to be a crunchy taco from like Taco Bell. Our friend Billy Shingari is in a video on clickhole.com back in the day. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, I think I've seen this video. <laughs> it's a video. It's like, um, uh, it's, it's, it's a joke, but it's like, um, a son comes out to his father is gay. Father eats 12 tacos. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, it's like, dad, I'm gay. And then he, it's like, it's like filmed. Like it's like real. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like he set up the camera, like to see what his dad would say. And he just sits there in silence and just eats 12 fucking tacos. If someone came to me with any video idea and it's like, and, and you're going to respond to this by eating 12 tacos, I would be for that. In yeah, I'm in. I'm in. I'm, I'm in. in. I'm done. Um, but two games in the Metacritic roundup today. The first is... Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl 2, published, wow. as we all remember, by Game Mill Entertainment, uh, publisher of uh, such memorable, ti- memorable titles as uh, uh, Kong, Rise of... Wait, no. Skull Island, colon, Rise of Kong. But Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl 2 
scored a 78 on PS5 and a 73 on PC. It is unscored on the Xbox Series X, PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch, although it is it is available on all of those platforms. Justin, I know that you played and were a fan of the original uh, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl, which to me feels like it came out last year. I know it didn't. I mean, that was definitely a 2021 game. Um, but what do these what do these reviews tell you, my friend? I think it, I think it tells me um, they they well you see looking at the reviews it tells me it's pretty similar to the first game but everything I see about the game shows me that it's pretty much a step up in almost every single way. Yes, um, it looks like that first game was a. I don't want to say a cheap knockoff. It was like a knockoff of a Smash Brothers game with characters that sometimes didn't really feel like unique or interesting characters. Mm-hmm. Um, literally, the beginning of the game, the only the, when that game was first announced, all you heard was the announcer talking about everything that was happening. And yeah, this yeah. game... Uh, and eventually it did get voice acting in it, which was nice. But this game from the start, it has a lot more life, a lot more characters, um, just a lot more uh, of everything that you want from um, a fighter brawler game. And specifically as a Nickelodeon fan myself, a lot of characters that I would be interested in playing. Um, and I think it looks like it's taking its own kind of interesting approach to the platform fighter genre. Um, the big thing that people keep talking about is the slime mechanic that they have, which oh, is basically yeah. like an, an alt meter that you um, kind of build up by doing attacks and things like that that kind of changes your your character um, in different ways. Like every time you hit someone to do something, it kind of fills up the bar, and then you can unleash a, a special. Um, and it just seems like everything has a little bit more of that like Nickelodeon love and charm to it in a way that is... I don't know. I, I think it looks like a positive game that if I can get it on sale, I'll probably buy it. <laughs> no. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. Like, I think that I'm excited for you, someone who liked the first game, because like this seems like it is just straight up, as you said, a step up in every single way, um, which is cool. Uh, and and like the thing that I notice most immediately is just like the presentation. I, I think it looks better. And then also, like uh, you mentioned, like the voice acting and stuff like that. The fact that it's like, you know, they added it eventually. But the fact that it is in here like day one, um, uh, I don't know. This this looks cool. This for whatever reason, I'm not going to play this because it's not my sort of game. But I, to me, this looks like better than like a multiverses, which who knows if that's ever going to come back. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, uh, uh, this is this looks to be pretty solid. Well, uh, reviews are a little all over the place, but. Yeah, I think what got me about multiverses is that with the live service elements of it, stay tuned for yeah. more of that, it gave me incentive to play every day in a way. Mm-hmm. And it it gave me an incentive to like kind of go back and try some new characters because of how limited and like how it cycled characters. Um, but this one, it looks like part of the reason to go and play this game is that it actually seems to be pretty feature rich um, with having a main story campaign that actually has like, like roguelike elements to it. That's um, what I thought one of the reviews said. Let me. I mean, like, basically, you have, like, a, a voiced story here um, when you're kind of going through and interacting with other characters and picking cer- certain power-ups to make your character stronger and everything like that. Um, and it's actually a story mode, uh, which I think to be pretty interesting. And as, like, silly as those things can be, as someone who generally single-players a lot of this stuff... Um, any way to get more content in there, I think, is just a, a better thing. I rarely play these games online just because I like to play them on my Switch to relax to go to bed, not to, like, you yeah. know, get all anxious and sit up and beat someone. But 
Yeah, I think I think uh, this this has piqued my interest, and I think people are saying enough things about it. And the fact that I like the original game and this one is better in almost every single way, um, I think, is a selling point for me. Yeah, absolutely agree. Um, well, if you end up picking this up, I would love to hear uh, more of your thoughts on it. Uh, next thing in the Metacritic roundup is Call of Duty Modern Warfare Three. Now, uh, last week, by the time we were recording, uh, uh, there were reviews out for the campaign, but it, it seemed like most of them were unscored. Um, now, the reviews are up for the entire thing, and Modern Warfare 3 scored a 62 on the Xbox Series X, a uh, 53 on the PlayStation 5. It is unscored on the Xbox One, PS4, and PC, but it is um, launching on all of those platforms. Uh, ooh, ooh, that's this is not great. <laughs> Um, uh, critic average is 53, uh, which is, uh, that's rough, man. What, uh, you what know, do you, what do you think about this? I think part of, part of this has to do, um, it's, it's, I've noticed that there's a, a trend in the habits of a lot of my students in terms of like watching movies. I don't think people watch as many movies anymore. At least students I have mm. watch as many movies. Um, they fill their entertainment time with YouTube videos or Twitch or, sure television series or things like that. Um, and I think to me, this is like kind of that sign that people aren't looking for that single player call of duty experience anymore. Um, and they're looking for some other way to kind of get their fix. And I, I think this game probably isn't great to begin with, but like, I think you could make the argument that a lot of these call of duty campaigns weren't great for a long time. Um, yeah. and for whatever reason they were hanging out at like these like 80 scores. And I don't know how, because I was never like incredibly impressed by them. Yeah. It seems like this one is, is pretty, um, underwhelming. Uh, I mean, it's clocking in at like four hours long, which is, I mean, even for a call of duty game, it's an afterthought. Yeah. Pretty, yeah. Pretty, pretty pitiful. Um, from basically everyone I've seen talking about the the campaign is like, oh, this is like actually not very good. You know what I mean? Whereas I feel like a lot of those other games have been um, at the very least like serviceable, like action thrillers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's just I feel like with this game and with last year's Modern Warfare 2, uh, it's just not been they've just not been on their game in terms of like making interesting stories um or even if it's like okay so this one uh it's my understanding goes back to makarov who was like the villain of like the original modern warfare trilogy but like it doesn't do anything with that and i think there's a no russian uh, uh mission in this game as well um but it's, it's on an airplane as opposed to being in the airport but like it, it's just not that impactful because like it's just it it feels like it's being done as a as like a cheap way of like hey remember this and and everyone's kind of like yeah i remember because it was like a really like poignant moment. You know what I mean? Like a very like sort of shocking yeah. moment that like, I don't, you know, you could argue like, was it just for, for being shocking sake or was it, was it uh, like actually like intentionally like, like upsetting, but like, I don't know. It just, it seems like, like this is just not, not it. Uh, and, and even the multiplayer stuff, which is, you know, you said like the, the, the campaign is like now an afterthought, but like the multiplayer here even seems pretty bad. Uh, like it seems pretty light on content. Most of it is callbacks to modern warfare two, which is weird. Cause it's like, like modern warfare two from like 2008 or nine or whatever, like, which is just weird. Cause it's like, guys, this is the, this is like modern warfare three. Like, what are you doing? You know, like, why didn't you do all the, the callback stuff to modern warfare in modern warfare two last year? Um, uh, according to, uh, Jason Schreier, um, this game was developed in 16 months uh, and that employees had to work nights and weekends to finish the game. 
Um, and, and yeah, basically, uh, who, who developed this? Was it Sledgehammer? No. Um, uh, yeah, Sledgehammer, Sledgehammer. I think they came out and, and made a s- statement about that. Oh, they um, didn't make it? Let me see what they said here. Uh, it didn't necessarily address it, but like, but it did, it seemed like it was coming on the back of, um, uh, uh, that, that, what, what am I saying here? That report. Um, let me see if I can find it. Um, either way, uh, uh, it's just, it, this seems like Call of Duty campaigns and, and like the standalone games are kind of an afterthought for the big, uh, uh, multiplayer stuff with like their war zone and whatever. So like, I'm, I'm curious, like, what do you think of all of this? As I as I look for this statement, so uh, I'm just kind of going back and looking at the the previous uh, releases since 2018. Now, 2018 was Black Ops 4, and if you remember, Black Ops 4 no um, was no campaign in that game. That game scored on Metacritic a blistering, I think, 85. Let me just pull it up so I'm Jeez. telling the exact thing. Um, uh, it, it scored a 83 um, on the PS4. Um, and it scored a 85 on the Xbox One and 83 on PC. That scored fucking well. Yeah. Everything after that point started hitting at about a 75 to lower than that. To hmm. when we get to Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3, which is now scoring at a 50. And I think it's just one of those things when... Um, when did um, uh, 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 Warzone come out? 2020. 2020. Um once you get Warzone, like something that is updated, something that is as big as it is, something that has all that kind of stuff, I, I just I just feel like people are changing their tastes in these games and they don't need this kind of stuff. And I think the you know, these developers are seeing the same thing and then they're also just kind of like get this stuff out here. And in addition to that, Sledgehammer Games came out with uh, Vanguard in 2021, and then in 2023 they came out with Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3. Yeah. So I believe I believe that it was 16 months. Yeah, like it makes total sense. Um, and in addition to that, like I wonder how much of this stuff had to do with the uncertainty of this Xbox acquisition. I wonder if that has any factor in any of this at all um, with them kind of like reassigning resources or anything like that. I don't know. Uh, I, I just feel like this is probably it's not a good game and i think you can make an easy argument that it is the worst game to come out in quite some time um but i also feel like this is just people are sick of not getting more in their call of duty games i i think it i think you're totally right about like at a certain point like these small little like <laughs> basically like these games are just updates right and like at a certain point that yeah is going to be like enough for people back in the day but like now I, I think people are just over it you know and i, I think people are, are are tired of paying a lot of money because what is it it's gotta be 70 bucks right not it's not 60 <laughs> probably um but like yeah it, it's just like I, I think people are overspending that sort of money for something that is just not uh that substantial you know what i mean yeah on amazon it is 69.99 yeah, okay. nice. so seventy bucks. Like that's like a lot for uh, and for a four hour campaign in a multiplayer. That apparently what I saw was like a bunch of the maps were being taken down because the spawns were just fucking <sighs> broken and terrible. Like people don't want that, <laughs> you know. 
there you go. Not Modern Warfare 3. Uh, I've actually been, weirdly enough, been playing a handful, uh, like a decent amount of Modern Warfare 2 multiplayer. Uh, just while I relax, unwind, listen to podcasts. And Elena likes it because um, I have the Nicki Minaj skin. Uh, so <laughs> it's, it's fucking dumb. Um, but yeah, there you go. Uh, other thing, this doesn't have a Metacritic score, but it's worth talking about here is uh, the PlayStation Portal uh, reviews are out and it doesn't have a score, right? Um, I did not see one, but I'm just double checking. I, Portal 2 scored a 95. Yeah, it Portal did. scored a 90. Portal still alive in 90. Portal co- campaign collection 95. I'm not seeing it. Oh, Portal Knights 71. But nothing about the PlayStation Portal. Gotcha. Well, the PlayStation Portal is the sort of handheld uh, streaming device uh, uh, from PlayStation. It's it's like the PlayStation Switch, right? Where it's it's streaming your games directly or using remote play. Sorry, not streaming. Um uh, for it's like a dual sense controller broken in half with a big 18 uh, eight inch LCD screen in the center of it. And from what it seems like, I, I read a bunch of reviews and, um, you know, you asked me like what score it sort of has gotten. And it seems like it's like a 6.57, um, where basically everyone's saying this thing is, uh, works in specific cases, but for the most part, most people are not going to want this. Um, there's a bunch of like weird hardware constraints to it. Like, um, we were talking about this, the headphone jet, like, first of all, it doesn't, you can only use the, um, PlayStation, like official Sony headsets. So you can only use the like earbuds that they just launched or the, like, was it the pulse headset that they have? Yeah. Those are the only ones that work Bluetooth wise. So you have to use wired heads, uh, uh, like wired headphones to, to use headphones on this thing, which is kind of weird. And then also with that, the headphone jack is on the bottom of the screen. <laughs> so like, it's not, um, it's just like it, there's like a lot of like weird design choices with this thing um, or or the one of the reviews I read uh, from Digital Trends by Geo, uh, the, the editor there. He, he talked about like there, there's no settings on this thing, really, um, other than you can turn it on airplane mode, but that just makes it not work because yeah. it needs Wi-Fi to, to run anything like, like he basically was like, why would that even be a feature on this thing? Um yeah, so so I don't know. Uh, uh, it seems like it works okay enough if if for what it is, um, but that it is held back by a lot of stuff and the fact that like I don't know. I ordered a new uh, DualSense controller because I've got drift in in pretty much all of my my controllers here. So like, if if these start to drift, which they will, because it's just you know it's the same controller, um, it will eventually just not work. It's like a switch light in that sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um- my uh, my ultimate opinion on this is the same opinion that it, I, I've had from the start of this. You know if you want this. You yes. know if you'd use this. This is not something that is going to suddenly change gamers' habits. If you use a backbone, if you play around with remote play, if you know that it would be a convenient thing for you to have with your current house setup, if you tried remote play and you know it's usable for you and in your current setup with your current Wi-Fi, get this because this is the definitive way to do that it is the best way to do that i cannot play well i can i don't enjoy playing remote play on my backbone through my phone and that's the thing too is is that i did see that like this is better than the backbone for playstation games yeah because also just in general because of like the the layout is exactly what it is for PlayStation games. Like you can't play like twitchy shooters on a backbone. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, and the screen is huge. Like it's a big screen. Yeah, eight, eight inches is, is big enough to, to be able to like read smaller text and, and whatever else. Um, weird that but, it's in, but, I mean, not weird, but because this is kind of like 
standard or like it, it goes back and forth. The LCD versus OLED screen, it's an LCD, so it's just like going to be a little bit uh, 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 like more washed out than like an OLED screen. But uh, PlayStation needs to put that on a T-shirt. Uh, eight inches is big enough. <laughs> uh, everyone's wanting 19 inches of Venom. So, <laughs> PlayStation's like, no, we, we got eight inches. We're good. <laughs> That's that's respectable. In fact, I'd say it's more than enough. <laughs> um, but also something interesting that I that I saw too is that, that like the battery life is like four hours pretty much on the dot. Um, but there's no indicator of like how much battery you have left. There are it's it's got like the old school like three battery bars in a little battery symbol, and then they just like go down, and then there's just like not really a warning <laughs> before it just shuts off. Um, weird, it, weird. Uh, uh, Seems like a cool. It's two hundred bucks too. So like, seems like a cool thing. If if you are gonna u- would use this, if this if you were saying like, if you if you were hearing this and you're like that sounds great, two hundred bucks. It's not bad for for what that is. Yeah. Um, but but it is pretty much exactly what you you get what you pay for, and not a cent more with this. It seems so. Yeah, I um, personally would use this more than a Steam Deck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, a thousand percent. Uh, and you know what? It, since we're mentioning it, I, I feel like we might as well get into it here. Uh, this is not the news section yet, but uh, here's a little bit of news. Um, there's a new Steam Deck, uh, the Steam Deck OLED, which is basically the same thing as the original Steam Deck, um, but it has an uh, OLED screen as opposed to the LCD screen. Um, and there were a handful of small things. Uh, I listened to the giant bomb review of this, um, where, where it's just got better battery, I think a little bit faster, um, like downloads and stuff like that. Um, but, uh, what, what do you think about this? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it makes sense. Um, I, I understand like uh, why some people might be frustrated with this because it's like essentially the definitive version that has better in almost every single way from battery life to screen to everything like that. Um, and I, I I made the comment I'd rather get the PlayStation Portal than this. I still think this is something I would use and something mm-hmm. that I think uh, has a use case for me. Uh, and... I, I, every once in a while, I think in my head, like, should I get a Steam Deck? And this this one looks like, out of all of them, the one that I would probably want to get. Yeah, agreed. And I think it's interesting, too, like, Valve made it clear, like, this is not the Steam Deck 2. Like, like this is not the, the follow-up to the Steam Deck. This is just, a, you know, the incremental change, incremental upgrade. It's, like, the same thing. It's, like, the difference between, like, the like uh, launch Switch model and the uh, Switch OLED, right? Where, like, the battery life is better, the screen is better, uh screen is a bit bigger, but like other than that, like you are not going to have like a drastically different experience with with one or the other of these things. Um, what, what is it? What is the cost? Uh, so there are three tiers. There are. OK, um, there's the. It's a 512 OLED model and a one terabyte OLED model. Um, uh, I got the prices. It's three ninety nine yeah, for the LCD 256 gigabytes um, for an additional hundred and fifty um, at 549, you get the 512 OLED, um, and then for an additional hundred, you get the one terabyte OLED with it. So, so that's six hundred bucks for the one terabyte one. Six, yeah, six forty nine for it. It's not bad. Which, hey, it's not bad. Um, I was hearing, I don't know if that's true or not. Um, I, I thought I was reading that you can't upgrade the memory in the same way on the OLEDs as you could on the other Steam decks, but that might just be me misspeaking right now. Um, 
because I think that would be a pretty huge difference. Um, and I on j- uh, just a quick look here, the LCD Steam Deck is four ninety nine at a five twelve, where the five twelve um, for the OLED is a hundred dollars more. Which again, not a huge issue. Oh, and one to two delivery weeks. It means I could get it potentially by Thanksgiving. Mm. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, mm. Yeah, I guess that makes sense though. Like it is a nicer screen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, also, it's a newer model, but um, I, I I don't I don't play enough PC games to to want this. Um, I also don't leave my house enough to want this. And when I do, I have plenty of games on the Switch to catch up on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah. But I, I definitely understand like who this is for. Um, so there you go, Justin. Have you been playing any games this week? I know you've been very busy with your work. Yeah. Uh, you know you know the game um, Power Wash Simulator. I dude, I see you playing this all the time. It, well, I don't. It's my wife. But uh, oh, we've started. Okay, gotcha. We we've start, we've started this new game together. It's called uh, Real Life Painting Simulator. Except <laughs> okay, you sure. just give her the simulator. So we've started painting um, all of our house. And boy, let me tell you, there's just something about painting that I just actively don't like. <laughs> like it no, is just not. I, I don't find like painting my house fun um, because I feel like it is just something that takes a lot of time to do, um, and like you don't get immediate results. Yeah, you, gotta uh, you gotta do you gotta do it multiple times. Um, I remember, and this is this is no knock on this profession. When I was in college, I worked at a movie theater, I worked at a warehouse, and I worked as a speech coach. And out of all those jobs, um, I constantly enjoyed being a speech coach more than those other two jobs. And I knew that the other two jobs were just like mentally, they did not engage my brain in the way that it needs to be engaged in. And sure. painting does not engage my brain in a way I need it to be engaged in. In fact, it just causes a lot of stress and anxiety for me because I feel like I'm missing something or messing something up. So I did a lot of painting this weekend. Um, and I can't say it was a fun game. I would give it a three out of 10 um, bad. Uh, that's, that's kind of where I would put Horizon Forbidden West. Oh um, wow! No, 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 wow, Not even a Splatoon reference with that. Um, but in oh, all seriousness, yeah. in all seriousness, I did play Mario Wonder. Um, I, I, I have you played more of that since you put it down that first time? Me and Elena picked it up, played it for thirty minutes, and went. I think we're done. I think that's it. I, I honestly, well, I don't want to implore you. I think you need to play that game on your own. I do not think that game. So that's the thing. We're going to talk about Game Award nominations. It, it was nominated for Best Family Game, and I simply disagree. Uh, I, think yeah, that, I, I think that if you play that with other people, you are going to have a way worse time than if you play it on your own. I'm going to play it on my own a little bit, uh, but I've got some traveling i got to do. But, like, yeah, I, I think that, like, on its own, it's probably way better because you, you're, like, unfurling the puzzle of each level. But when you're playing with your friend, like, with, with me and Elena, it's just, like, we just want to, like have fun platforming stuff to do, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I don't, I do not think that's the way it should be intended to be played. And I think um, if you play it like with someone who's like a younger gamer, you give them Nabbit and you have them go, I honestly think they'll be bored. Yeah. Because it's like, I'm trying to search for how to find the Wonder Seed or find the secret stuff. But like... The, the, the best levels are the hard platforming levels in the game mm-hmm. um there's not that many but there's a couple that i've encountered so far um that are a little bit challenging and just kind of fun with how you have to do it and they all the most of them are center around the badge levels the ones where you get a badge for, through completing yes. it um and there there can be some that are i don't want to say they're hard 
but they can be challenging. And then they add, they ramp up that challenge when you try to 100% that level by getting all the 10 coins to it or anything like that. So I do feel like there is, it is a really like well-designed game. I think it is a very pretty game. I think it's a very interesting platformer game. I think it's a really strong controlling game. Um, If you like platformers, like obviously this is like the pinnacle of platforming games in my opinion. Um, And while I don't think it necessarily is going to ever be a game that I would consider my game of the year, I recognize that it is a good platformer game. It's just so interesting to me like that it is, and we'll get into it with the Game Awards nominations and stuff. To me, it does not stand above the rest of any other platformers I've played, really, as being like like a must-play 10 out of 10 experience. You know what I mean? Does, is it that way for you, or, or am I misreading that? Mm, I think it skirts that line of being attainable and challenging at the same time for me. Like, yeah. it's one of those games that you can just kind of power through if you want, or you can, like, spend the time to, like, 100% each level as you go and make it a little bit more challenging um, but I think it just, it, it toes that line of difficulty for me that I enjoy without being difficult or ambiguous or me confused with what I have to do next. It's attainable challenge. And it's probably because I think one of the things I don't really like about platformers is an exceptional challenge. Yeah. Um, I don't find that to be enjoyable. Like playing those hell levels in Mario maker is not, I don't no, I don't want sure. that at all. Um, but like this one, it's just, uh, it's just fun. And every, every level is different. It doesn't feel like it's the same, even if it is basically Mario. Um, and is it better than any other platform I've ever played? I don't think so, but I think it's a polished, great game yeah. for a platformer in 2023. Um, and if you ask me what my favorite platformer is of all time, it's Donkey Kong Country, um, just because I have a lot of nostalgia tied with Donkey Kong Country 1, 2, and 3, not because they're like particularly strong games or hold up. It's the most up. brutal I mean, game in the entire world, dude. Holy shit. Is it really? <laughs> so hard. Oh. I, you, you had me play it way back at the beginning of Hitbox, if you remember, uh, mm-hmm. on Switch Online. And it's like, like, <laughs> it's like, Playing a video game made by the devil himself. <laughs> like, well, it's good. It's good. But it is so hard. So the reason I like Donkey Kong Country more than Mario games for the Super Nintendo era is because I feel like they were hard, but it was a more achievable hard mm-hmm. than I think some of those Mario ones are. Because Mario games are fucking ambiguous when you play a lot of those earlier yeah. ones. Like Mario 2, you get into Mario 2 tell me that game is not ambiguous as hell. Yeah. Mario 3, uh, Super Mario World 3, everyone says that's like the best game, like Mario game of all time. I never really got into it because I felt like it was just not accessible enough for me at that time when I was playing it. So my review of Mario Wonder, I think I like it because it's not hard. Sure. <laughs> so, so and, and I think that could be a barrier to some people with that game. Yeah, I, I, I definitely do agree. Um... Oh, by the I, way, uh, the speed running on Mario Wonder, I think, is one of the re- like one of the things that have really gotten. I, I watched a couple of videos over the weekend about the speed running of Mario Wonder and how that's really kind of picked up as the game came up. And I thought it was pretty mm-hmm. interesting uh, to see how that community has like really embraced this particular game for speed running. Um, but uh, yeah, I just you know, I bet that's interesting up- though. Like trying to like get all of the you know like like categories where it's like you have to one hundred percent get all the the fruits and whatever. Um, or even just completion, because what are the levels you choose to do? There's a lot of interesting strategies with how to get through oh, that game because sure, you don't have to play everything. So um, I just think it, it it was a very in, it was a very interesting um, 
community. I do like, I get into speed running every once in a while, not personally, but watching like communities evolve and like stuff mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's also kind of interesting to me, but it's always the most interesting in my opinion, when like the game is fresh and people are still like yep. trying to figure out like the routes and, and what they want to do with it. But yep. 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 Uh, Justin, I beat Alan Wake too. <gasps> and it's now the worst game you've ever played. Somehow at the very end, everything changed and you're like, Oh my God. Oh, I did do that. I did. Everything changed. And I did go, huh? I went, what i went <gasps> that's what i was doing when i was playing but like in a good way oh yeah oh it's oh, fucking okay. good <laughs> oh it's fucking good dude <laughs> it's good shit um i love it i love it it's very good um dot 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 uh no uh no it, it is like um to call it less straightforward than the first game I think would be the understatement of the century. And that first game was not necessarily a very straightforward thing. Um, it is, it is very ambiguous. It is very weird. Um, but it is ambiguous and weird in a way that I think, uh, just sort of invites you to dissect it and just figure out and make some interpretations for yourself, um, based on what you think, um, happened. And I loved it. I really, really liked it. I'm excited to see what comes next for uh remedy what comes next for alan wake um yeah i'm I'm very 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 excited to see where it goes next but i hope we don't have to wait 13 more years okay i have two questions for you hit me with them this i don't want like i'm trying i don't want to ask this in a way that's going to spoil anything we talk about this year yep um yet because we will talk about this Mm -hmm. is this game better than the last of us part two uh, ooh, prob- uh, probably not, in my opinion. Okay. Is, uh, is, is this a game that I'm going to think about a lot? Yes. Well, even the fact that you kind of like iffy, that, that help, helps you with my headspace. Okay, yeah. second question. Is this game better than Dead Space 2? Hmm. Um... Uh, this isn't going to be helpful, but yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> um, in some uh, areas, yeah, it is. Uh, in other areas, no, I don't think so. I, I think that, like, for me, the big uh, uh, thing that this game sort of uh, sleeps on in its second half is, like, the actual mechanics. Um, the combat is good in the beginning, but it doesn't go anywhere, uh, which is unfortunate. Uh, it, it stays exactly where it starts, and, and I wish it changed you get a few new enemy types here and there but for the most part it's it's pretty the same pretty much the same uh same with like the uh puzzle solving of like the environmental stuff like it starts out and you end up you're exploring like the cauldron lake area and you find out like a something a place you can't go to because you need bolt cutters and you find stuff that you need a screwdriver to open and you need like all this sort of stuff and you're like oh my gosh like there's gonna be so many cool like puzzles and, and stuff like that and um it's it's not quite that it's just like when you get the bolt cutters, now you can go f- into this place and find another like clue for your investigation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, like, uh, uh, so like the actual mechanics of it, um, don't sustain the entire experience, but the story really does. Right. Whereas with like dead space two, like, I think that, um, it's cool as fuck. I think the combat's really, really tight and good. I think the story is serviceable and fine enough. It's pretty good even, but like, not why I like 
it being pretty good means that I'll go back to it and enjoy the story, you know, but it doesn't mean that I like I'm not like sat down for a long time and like tried to unpack what all it what it all meant. You know what I mean? Me and my yeah. brother have been texting back and forth nonstop this week about like what did Alan Wake 2 mean and like what did that mean and, and how does that connect to control? How does that connect to the first game? Like all that sort of stuff. Um, I, I guess one more bonus question. Is it yeah. better than the original Alan Wake? Oh, yeah, a thousand percent. OK. In every um, way that you can think of, does Alan Wake 1 do anything better? Um, I mean, like, it, it's a sort of thing like Alan Wake 1 tells a much more like concise, easily digestible story. You know what I mean? Like it, it gets weird. It yeah. is weird. Right. Yeah. But like yeah. at, the, at the end of the day, like it, it's still pretty straightforward. You know what I mean? There's a lot of stuff that is left up to interpretation and whatever else. But like at the end of the day, it is still like pretty simple to follow. Whereas this game makes a lot of leaps and um, uh, it is told in a very. Uh, uh, challenging way in a way that I like in a way that it, that makes you think and makes you unpack it and like have to make charts and diagrams to understand it. But I like that. I don't, I don't think that that obtuseness is bad. Uh, I, I think it's, it's quite cool, but um, does that make sense? No. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so, but so for me, it, it's the sort of thing that I like more um, because the first game set things up so well. Um, I don't want to spoil. I'm not going to spoil it, but there is this theory. Basically, you're, you're switching back and forth between Alan and um, Saga Anderson, as we've talked about. And uh, Alan's in the dark place and the dark place uh, works very differently than than, you know, reality. Uh, and, and so, like, the, there's a big question about, like, how is time perceived in the dark place? Right. And um, there is a really cool theory about how the timeline of Alan's events line up with Saga's events and my brother sent me a diagram that I think he drew on a piece of paper. And I like was staring at it for like five minutes with my mouth on the floor. Like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. I won't spoil what that means or what it is. Cause it really ties into how the game ends and everything like that. But, um, very cool. Very good. I am excited to play this game. Um, I forget if I asked this already, should I play resident evil Four dead space remake or this game first? Uh, I mean like, I, this one okay this is to me i love resident evil 4 uh I, I like the remake pretty well uh dead space 2 or dead space remake uh i fucking loved but this is the best of those three games as someone who found out a gallon of paint is 52 dollars and you need a lot of paint to paint a house and if yeah. i already have dead space remake and resident evil 4 and alan wake does that <laughs> I change see, I your see. answer at all um, <laughs> it does it does i would say play dead space remake I would, I would say like Resident Evil four, like is it, you know exactly what that game is. If you've played Resident Evil two or three remake, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. like, you know exactly what it is. Uh, and, and I don't, I don't think it is as good as either of those games really. Um, it's still good, but it, I, it, like I would say like, if that's the case, play dead space remake. Cause that's also like not that long. You know what I mean? Uh, none of these games are like, like that long play that game save up a little bit of cash from, you know, eating the paint or whatever you were doing with it. I don't remember. And paint, then I was um, painting it. I was painting. Paint. Oh, I guess that makes sense. I don't know why. Yeah. I thought you'd be Good. eating it. I mean, um, I'm gonna and then, to. and then I'd give Alan Wake two a shot. Uh, yeah. it, I would, I would lend it to you, but they didn't do physical copies of it. Oh, also, I, got fuck. A, I, I got a code. I got a code. Oh for it yeah. So Wait, like, they don't, they, and no physical it. copies at all. Right. 
I don't think so. They announced that they weren't doing it way back when. And then I thought I remembered someone saying like a publisher being like, we'll do it. And then I don't think anything ever came to that. But remedy, listen to me. If you discount this even $5 in the next week, well, I'll give you black Friday. If you even $5, oh, yeah. I will buy this game. $5 is all I'm asking. I, I think a black Friday, I think $5 on black Friday. That seems right to me. Yep. And not, um, not some bullshit where I'm buying two, uh, games to that equal out five dollars less no, no i, I know one saying. game one alan wake two five dollars less i will buy it right now yes i would say i would say it is without uh, with, at the risk of sounding pretentious i would say alan wake two is brilliant brilliant i would brilliant. say brilliant oh uh i can buy yesterday. alan wake two for is this true it's also not full price it's not 70 bucks i don't think oh fuck it's like, it's like 50 Wow, they discounted it. They heard me. It's fifty dollars. Yeah, I can buy this right now. <laughs> Dude, it's, <laughs> it's good as fuck. Uh, like I'll say, like I think that its opening is also really, really good. Um, I, I mentioned this uh, when I first started. Like the the first like combat encounter is, is kind of rough because it's like a boss fight and like before you really have a good hang like handle over the mechanics. Um, so that's kind of rough. But like everything leading up to that is like, uh, like I'm shitting my pants scary <laughs> like oh it's so good okay it's 60 dollars on playstation 5 i can buy it for 50 on my pc and if i had the steam deck is it compatible with the steam deck i'm sure well then i buy the steam deck that's more than five dollars that let is me, more than five dollars let, let me do some gamer math here yeah, if i have it there. in cash does that count as me spending it i've already spent it because it's out and it's cash i have a check here I have a check here from the village of Woodridge for $178. Send it to Remedy. $178 from the village of Woodridge from your, from my wallet to yours. Yeah. Yeah. And Justin, as a fan of, let me say this as a, as a fan of the fan of control that I know you are, um, there's some good fucking shit in here. Is any jump, jump dash in it at all? Uh, no. Fuck. No, no, no. It controls, it controls like uh, Resident Evil 2 remake. You're trying to sell um, me on this game or what? <laughs> do you not like Resident Evil 2 Remake? It's not a Jump Jump Dash game, Peter. It's true. It is not a Jump Jump Dash game. Um, it is a, it is a, uh, a plodding through the forest game. Until you get to the end, you just run at, through everything because you're just giving up on combat. Uh, at least that was my experience with Resident Evil 2. I don't know what your experience is with Alan Wake. But. Oh, that's actually fair. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yes and no. All right, all right. Um, there's some, let me say this, too. Uh, like, like, if you... This game also takes a lot of these sequences that happened in Alan Wake um, 1, but, like, make them... Like, it's not meant to be, like, a one-to-one, but it takes a lot of, like, the best sequences from Alan Wake 1, and it's like, well, what would you do if you could redo that and do it a little bit better? And they do it. Like, all they do all of those sequences, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, no. I'm, I'm not trying to spoil anything, because I, I just think there are some of like the best moments. Oh, and fuck, I think I said this last week, um, the most surprising, most delightful 15 minutes of a video game are in Alan Wake 2 this year, so. Does it involve like, a little, little dog that you get to pet and raise? Um, there is no dog. Uh, um, there are, there, no. I don't want, dude, I don't want to spoil anything about this game. But there is a dog in it, and it's good. Is it? I don't think I can play this game anymore. Why? Does the dog die? No. Oh, thank God! Yes, I'm playing it right now. Uh, there, are, there are wolves that attack you. That you have wolves to shoot, but aren't but they're like dogs. big wolves. No, 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 no. Uh, no there, there's dogs. a dog. Um, it is a, 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 
Um, I don't want to say anything. It's good. It's good. Okay. It's a payoff to a whole quest that like it's fucking great, man. Okay. Um, while while we're here, I want to show you a picture of my dog that was legitimately. He looks so happy in it. Yeah, let's see him. Look at this picture right here. Look at that smile. Do you see that? Oh, Isn't that really oh, cute? Oh, I see it. Kind of side yeah. smile. He's like, a good dog. You think this is a wolf? That yeah, he was. He's related to wolves. <laughs> yeah, go figure. <laughs> Uh, Justin, last night uh, it was about ten o'clock. I was like, ah, you know what? Like, let's let's start some games. Let's let's play some games that you know I didn't get the chance to play this year. Um, like, I, I think I've played just about everything big that I'm gonna want to play for the year. You know what I mean? Uh, but I was like, I got that Lords of the Fallen code. First thing that happened is I soft locked in the menu for calibrating the brightness on my TV. I was like, That's great start, good start, Lords of the Fallen. Good start. Second thing that happened is my performance fucking tanked. Draw playing this on Xbox Series X tanked dropped mm. when i'm building my character mm-hmm. and then um i started the tutorial and it was like walls and walls and walls of text about how to play the game and i was like i can't do this i'm just did you try it on like an actual system like the nintendo switch um you know what i should i should have grabbed the switch port you know that's that's so true justin yeah. i mean that, uh, I feel we all make foolish. mistakes we all make mistakes but we all fine. do yeah um but uh something i've been playing for the past like two weeks is persona 5 tactica and mm-hmm. i've beaten it Okay, and I've been uh, dying to actually find out what your review of this game is. Yes, so um, by the time you're listening to this, embargo will be up. So I have no idea what other people think of this game. Um, we'll we'll go over it in the Metacritic roundup next week. I have played all of Persona Five Tactica, uh, and my review is up on DualShockers.com, and more importantly, YouTube.com/slash DualShockers. Um, not, not yet, though, right? Not yet, because embargo is not lifted yet. Oh, okay. Um, but by the time this, it, it will be. It, it will be up uh, tomorrow on Tuesday, so by the time you're listening to this on Hitbox Day Wednesday, uh, you'll be able to watch my full review of it. Um, I really liked Persona 5 Tactica, mm. and I didn't think I would, mm. because it's not that I don't like tactics games, but I think the tactics games are okay, uh, and I'm, it's not that I'm done with the Phantom Thieves. I just, I've seen them fucking every year for the past four years of my life, and I love them. I love these fucking guys, but maybe I would love Persona 6. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe like like I, i've i i get their whole deal um it's not that i'm done with them it's just that i've seen i've got my fill of them you know what i mean so is there before i get into the actual game because you started off with the you're done with persona 5 characters yes do you think there's any world in which there's a story with the phantom thieves that you would want before a persona 6 um no because i think that we already sort of got like so let me let me be clear. Let me let me talk about Persona Five Tactica for a second. The story in Persona Five Tactica is super simple. It is super straightforward. Um, basically, uh, it, it is uh, the Phantom Thieves are all hanging out. It takes place after Persona Five, not Persona Five Royal, before Persona Five Strikers. <laughs> okay. So like, it's a branch in the timeline. So it, it makes me even wonder, like, what the fuck is considered canon in the Persona Five universe? So. At, they're all just chilling at Sojuro's coffee shop, Le Bon, and then they just get sucked into the metaverse, and they're like, that's weird. We shouldn't be able to... After the events of Persona 5, not to spoil anything, they're like, that's interesting. Um, maybe we shouldn't be able to do this anymore. That's inter- that's weird. And uh, they find out that they are stuck in the cognition of a uh, Japanese diet member named uh, Toshiro, and he is running away from some of his demons. And uh, that's like the premise of the game. And so you're hanging out with uh, Toshiro, who's also trapped in this. It's called a kingdom, uh, which is totally different than a palace. Trust me. Um, 
uh, I promise, like you know, it's, it's not it's not ruled by a bad guy you. who's who's a, you know a figment of someone's you know mind or whatever. Uh, it's totally different than a palace. And I think, okay, okay. Well, who's it ruled by? Uh, like a ruler, like a like a like a. There's a just there's king. There's different kingdoms. The first one is ruled by um, a, a menacing uh, a bride to be named Marie. Okay, the way you say uh, menacing, it makes me feel like it's a bad guy. Hey, she's a bad guy. Okay, so but uh, there's but a bad. You, you end up a, teaming up with with um, uh, uh, the resistance leader of uh, in the kingdom named uh, Arena or Arena, and then um, you ha- you meet up with this guy named Toshiro, and you find out that this is all taking place in his cognition. Now, please don't yell at me for spoilers. This is the premise of the game. You know what I mean? Like like this is like just straight up the premise of of what the game is. I know it takes a while to get there, but like I have to be able to talk about what the story is. You know, um, it starts really slow, and then it gets really good. Wow, sounds like um, every Persona game I've ever touched. <laughs> way slow. It's, it's, let me say this: it starts slow and sloppy, where they're just like, "Yeah, we're just here. We're just in the. We're just in a new kingdom, or whatever, you know." Uh, uh, but so, like, it taking place in th- uh, the mind of one person uh, is it's really straightforward and super simple, right? And it's just like does not have much effect on like the outside world. Whereas like Persona 5 uh, uh, Strikers was what I wanted out of a sequel to Persona 5, where it was just kind of like, yeah, there were like, like Persona stuff that they had to do. But for the most part, it was just like a lot of palling around. And it was like basically like, like a filler episode of just like them going and like going on vacation. You know what I mean? Where like the stakes were a lot lower. Eventually they got pretty high, but for the most part, it was just like them hanging out and like seeing all the beaches and like seeing all the different like tourist spots in Japan. Does that make sense? They hung out and got high. Uh, the, uh, I do not believe anyone got high because I believe that drugs in Japan are very, uh, very restricted. But oh, the stakes were high. The stakes were high. It is true. Uh, the, so friend, the cows they were... that they were eating got high, <laughs> and that's totally fine. That's what Wagyu comes from. Yeah, it's, they're just fucking drunk <laughs> on their asses. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So like, that's what I wanted out of a Persona Five <laughs> sequel was was um, uh, that like. A lower stakes hangout time with those characters. You know what I mean? Because they had already sort of done everything they needed to do in in Persona Five, uh, in Persona Five Royal. They had already like gone as big as they could possibly go. So like having a smaller story is what I wanted. This is like an even smaller side story, um, but it is good and it's well written. And like I said, it starts slow in a way that I even was like kind of not into. Um, but after. I know like this sucks, but like after like five or six hours, once like the plot really gets rolling, that's when it starts to be like, oh, this is interesting. And the characters are really cool. And because and I say this in my review, because like it focuses on the mind of um, Toshiro or Toshiro, however you say it, he um, every every discovery that you make about like the, the place that you're in is actually a discovery about his character. And him and Arena, uh, the other character that you meet in in the kingdoms, and like, that's cool. You know what I mean? I mean, it means that like the setting also informs the characters, and it helps him be a lot more three dimensional uh, and quite interesting in a way that that I really appreciated. Okay, so story is small in scope but interesting in execution. It's it's a character story, which I always like over like plot stories. All right, but it is a tactics game. How does that? It hold is a up? tactics game. Um, tough for me to say my tactics knowledge is not that deep, but I really liked it. Basically the combat is built around uh, a cover system where like you are either, um, 
you basically want to be taking cover every single turn by putting, you know, an object like a like an awning or like a um, like a pillar in between you and your enemies. And so basically there are three statuses you can be. You can either be fully in cover where the enemy that is attacking you can not see you or, or like can't hit you. So if they shoot at you um, or attack you in some way, you completely block the attack by being behind cover. Um, you can be partially in cover. So like if, if they can see you, but you're standing next to a wall and they shoot you, you'll take reduced damage or you can be not in cover. And if you're out in, in the open and you get hit, um, you get knocked down, you, uh, critical damage is dealt to you and the attacker gets another turn. Um, so like that's, that's how the cover system works. And that applies to both you and the enemies. So basically the game is all about trying to knock the enemies out into the open so that you can do the one more attacks, like attack them, hit them like critically while they're out and about so that you can get an extra turn and like chain as many of those extra turns together as possible. Um, also like when, when an enemy is knocked down, you can do like the all out attacks from persona five where like everyone like attacks all at once. Um, but you basically have to like try, like surround the enemy and you can surround them in as big a triangle, but there's only three characters, uh, on the a level at a time by the way so like you have to make a triangle around the enemy and the bigger the triangle the more enemies that are encompassed inside of it you can do like heavy heavy damage to all enemies that are inside it mostly you're most often going to kill them all um it's like that's what the game is about it's about like uh, uh like the tactics are about like using that cover system to not get hit while also knocking enemies out of cover so that you can get as many turns as possible in one go and then doing these all-out attacks, which just, like, deal the most damage possible. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it doesn't seem, like, widely different from other tactics games for the most part. Is there anything that you can, like, call to, like, with, with your limited knowledge that would make it unique to other tactics games? Um, like, so I don't really know. It's tough for me to say, right? That cover system is seemed unique to me, where it's, like, if you're out in the open, um, you're fucked, and uh, if you are able to hit enemies out in the open, you are able to just like stack turns on top of each other to the point where like if you can do it right, you can basically beat a lot of encounters in like two turns. A lot of the earlier encounters at the very least in like one or two turns just by playing your cards right. And and um, and by being smart about like how you're going to go about things. And then on top of that, like your characters like you have the two basic moves that are just like a melee attack that knocks characters back and like a gun attack and each different character's gun does like a different thing. So like, I think Ryuji has like a big shotgun. And so that knocks people back because it's just like a big blast and it fires in like a V as opposed to like Joker. Who's got like a longer range pistol, but it only hits one, one enemy at a time. Does it make sense? Yeah. 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 And then on top of that, every character has personas, right? So you can use, um, you know, fireballs if you're Anne or like if you're Morgana, you can use your wind powers to like sweep enemies out from cover from afar. So you don't have to be up next to them to to knock them out of cover. Um, so like that's the stuff that to me uh, is is the really unique stuff. Um, and and yeah, it, it's cool. It's interesting. Can it's simple, but I like it. Can you cut some? Comp uh, and sorry, the, the complexity comes from new enemy types and new terrain types and, and all that sort of stuff where like the ideas of the game are simple, but they get more complex by adding not new mechanics, but new um, variables. Can you customize your personas in this game in the same way that you would in uh, one of the mainline personas? Yes, but it's, uh, it doesn't work that well. So basically like <laughs> okay. um, you, you are able to, okay. Okay. In this game, you assign the, like the, the abilities that a persona have 
um, when they're assigned, that character gets those persona abilities. They're way less than the amount that you can like stack into a persona in like the base game. Um, but like, so like, let's say a persona has two abilities. If you give that to a character, they get those two abilities on top of the abilities they already have. Um, in this game, unlike the other games, all of the characters can get assigned a persona. It's just one though. And Joker, who previously could have a bunch of different ones, could only he can also only have one. The problem is you can spend all this time crafting personas and whatever, but you get new like high level personas every single time you finish a mission. So like I could spend a really long time like getting like perfectly crafting personas for my entire team, but then in like two missions I'm going to have enough higher level personas that it's just not going to matter. Does it make sense? What yeah. I ended up doing is I would just assign at random the highest level personas to the characters I use the most and then just like go from there and then just be like surprised and delighted. But I'm like, oh, and you have a giant fireball attack, but I would never just count on having that sort of stuff. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, is there like the, in terms of like characters, how many characters are there and are you incentivized to use multiple characters? So you have, so you have three characters uh, in the battle at once, and there are let me see how many Phantom Thieves you got Joker you got Morgana, Anne Ryuji Yusuke Makoto Haru, and then Futaba's there, but she is a navigator so she doesn't count. So there's seven of the Phantom Thieves. Did I miss anyone? I don't think I did. And then um, Arena, who was the the rebel leader, who I was talking about. She also is a part of it, but she cannot use personas. Okay. Um, it doesn't really matter that much because she still has her own abilities that she can use. But um, yeah, so like you can only have three at a time. If someone dies, um, someone from the the back comes and, and you can just switch them out. Um, depending on what difficulty you play on. I played on like the medium difficulty. So like you could just do, I think, like three, but it never came to that. Um, uh, 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 and you are incentivized to use different characters because after you use at the beginning of, of each, uh, combat encounter, you choose your, which characters you want to use in it. And if you use characters in a previous, um, encounter, like the, like the one that just came before it, the characters that you used, um, I think how like move less far and have less range by like one tile or something like that. So you're incentivized to, to just switch it up and, and not use the same characters over and over again. That said, there were some characters who was like, okay, Haru, uh, the, one of the girls who, who comes in late in the, the base game. Um, she can only move four tiles at once compared to, um, the characters who can move seven tiles at once. Haru, you're unfortunately just not that useful because Boo. you can't move that far. Yeah. Uh, does that make sense? Like, yeah. it, it's just like her other abilities are pretty good, but like uh, the fact that she can't move, like having like being able to move quickly because the levels end up getting like really big, just like it's a really big deal. <laughs> Cause also like, even if your abilities are good, if you can't get there in a single turn. Like I'm just not going to use you that much. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so yeah. So, so like you are incentivized to switch out your characters in between turns uh, in between, uh, uh, levels, but there are still some characters I'm just like not interested in using because I just don't think that their uh, uh, base move sets are that good. You level up them up, by the way. Um, they have like skill trees now. And instead of just like leveling up with experience, you gain like skill points that you spend um, and can like get new abilities and stuff. It, it works just fine. It's, it's pretty simple. Um, is there any gameplay other than the tactic gameplay? Like, I think one of the things I really liked about like, uh, uh, Fire Emblem, uh, Three Houses is that you had like the kind of like visual novel aspects between, um, your actual combat encounters. Is there anything like that here? So it's all a linear visual novel. Like okay. it's, it's all a, a straightforward visual novel. 
um there are no uh like life sim stuff that you would find in all the other pers- in like persona 5 or 4 or whatever um there's not even like in persona 5 strikers it got rid of most of that life sim stuff but you could still like walk around like the different like areas and, and like look at like the monuments or whatever <laughs> it was like a, basically just a japanese tourism game um <laughs> that is that is just straight up not in uh, persona 5 tactica um it is it, like there are some side conversations that you can have they're also like like they're called quests that are just like challenge levels. Um, but I didn't play them a lot cause I didn't have that much time to review this game. Uh, I, I get, was given actually a lot of time, but like uh, it, it just, they were harder than, than I wanted to engage with. And I was like, I just want to keep moving forward with the story. Um, so there's like some optional conversations and stuff like that, but there is no, there's nothing outside of the tactics really, uh, other than the tactics and then the visual novel story. Uh, uh, does that um, make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And then how long did it take you to beat this story? So I was told that it would be about 40 hours. So that made me a little nervous when I was about 15 into it uh, last week. <laughs> I was like, Uh-oh. oh, oh, well, all nighter. <laughs> um, but I beat it in about 22 to 23. And there's still so, more you could have done to get closer to that 45. Yeah, in terms I could have like done those. It. Yeah, yeah, I could have done those like side quests. Uh, but th- there wasn't any uh, uh, story content really associated with those, by the way. And um, they were just like more difficult challenge levels. Um, but yeah, so I, I mean... It was it was pretty bite sized, actually, uh, in terms of what I thought it would be. It's certainly not. I think Persona Five Strikers was like forty or fifty hours, and then it's definitely not how long that base game is. But well, I'm excited to read your review to see your final score. Where can I read that review again, Peter? It's gonna be DualShockers.com. I'm back, baby. I'm home. You're back, baby. Yeah. Um. But but it, it is it is good. Uh, it is like. Also, it's on Game Pass, so I played it on Xbox Series X, by the way. I mean, um, that means I can play it on my Switch. What is that yeah. on? No, is it's Game it's Pass game, on Switch. No, it's not. Dude, but if it if it was, I, I, like I had a moment where I was like, "What the fuck? Why are we not talking about this right Why now?" Why isn't that the lead? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's on Game Pass, so like, give it a shot if you're a Persona Five fan. Like, I liked it. I didn't think I would like it. Like I said, the story takes a minute to get going, but once it does, like, like the story is, is not great at the beginning is what I'm trying to say. As opposed to like it's just slow where the other ones are. Like it's like not great in my opinion at the beginning, but then like once you get into the meat of it, it it gets quite interesting. Um, so so there you go. Persona 5 Tactica. We're going to be taking a look at it more in our uh, Patreon exclusive bonus show. Ooh. So $3 a month for our uh, deluxe podcast producers if you're interested in that justin let's talk about the news let's do it i think the biggest thing here eight inches of playstation right i guess the big thing today let me say this uh was the fact that the game award uh game awards nominees uh, have been announced uh and we're we're not gonna go that deep into it um in this episode, because I think we'll, we'll probably end up doing like an exclusive um, for for this or something like that. Um, but Justin, they did announce all what thirty one categories, and I have something exciting to announce. <gasps> I will be there in person this year. You're kidding me? <laughs> no, yeah, I'm gonna be Whoa! there in person. Are you wearing a tuxedo? I don't know. I got to figure out what fashion I'm wearing because oh my goodness, the gamers don't have the drip, and so that that's been a whole thing about like we got me and Sam, the managing editor from DualShockers.com, Whoa. who I will be attending with. We were both like, we got to have, we got to look good because that's a whole thing. Um, so I will be reporting to you live. That's not true. I'll be back when when we do our episode, but I'll be able to tell you all about it. Um, I'll be there, man. Woo, that is huge news. Congrats, man. That'll be a lot of fun. Thank you. I am very very excited about it. 
Um, and, and we've got some, uh, uh, like, not interviews, but um, some preview stuff, event stuff that we're going to be doing as well while we're out there. Um, it's going to be a good time, and I'm excited to tell you all about it, and I'm excited to tell you what it's like seeing someone take the microphone from Jeff Keighley for uh-huh. a third time. <laughs> I swear to God, if, you, if it's you, if you do that, you're never coming back. No, no, no. I'll be like, uh, show me the GTA 5 trailer. Yeah. And then they'll, they'll be like, we actually do have it. This yeah, it's, it's right here, um, actually. So yeah. is, wait, is that when they're going to announce it? I was thinking that. We'll talk oh. about that in a minute here. But oh. I, I mean, they said like December. So I was assuming Game Awards. But oh. also like, if it's not Game Awards, I bet the Game Awards people are mad about it. <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're, they want that lead. It's going to be the same day as the Game Awards, same time. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Can you imagine? <laughs> oh, man. Um, but, yeah, so so Game Awards. So I will be able to give you um, the inside scoop on all of that. Uh, I've been sitting on this, by the way. I was going to tell you, and I was like, it'll be more fun if we talk about it. No, I, that is so exciting. Um, I know. I know. I'm, like, actually, like, really excited about it. Uh, I was, like, I, like, I've never, like... I've never been anything like this before. I'm really excited. Uh, but I was also looking at like the, the category for like the uh, best actor or, you know, like best performance uh, for the game awards. And I was like, damn, I'm going to be in the same room as Idris Elba. Maybe if he shows up, <laughs> like it'll, it'll be, be just like, cool. it'll be like a, a iPad on a, on a cart. They just kind of roll out with his face on it. Like, Where's my exactly. seat? I'll go find where my seat is. Oh, I forgot. He's British. I did forget that he's British. Does that change um, it for you? Are you not excited anymore? Wow. Yeah, I'm, friendship with Idris Elba over. Wow. I'll be in the same room as like Sam Lake, director of, of Alan Wake 2. Come on, that's cool. Whoa. Um, but so, uh, so, so, I think we, we should at least mention some of the big categories. Would you agree? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, so we got Game of the Year uh, as announced. The nominees <laughs> are Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Marvel Spider-Man 2, Resident Evil 4, and Super Mario Bros. Wonder, and Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Um, I think this was a, a big one that everyone was wondering about just because like this year has been so strong um, about like what six games are they going to choose? I think they've got a pretty good spread here. Um, other than I mean, like, I don't think Mario Bros. Wonder, in my opinion, is is I wouldn't put it on here, but I do know that people are, are really, really into it. Um, crazy, though, that there are two first party Nintendo games on here. Um, uh, what do you think of this? Just, where's, just where's, hit. where's Pikmin at, man? Uh, it's it's nominated for something in here. Yeah, uh, best uh, family game. I think, game but. of the year. Um, yeah, no, I think this is uh, this is great. I mean, um, I think this is like like an impressive list. Um, and you're further along on this list than I am, but uh, I still got to touch Resident Evil Four. That's on my uh, my my things I'm going to play before the end of the year. Um, yeah. And definitely Baldur's Gate Three and Alan Wake Two. So I do want to touch all these games. I'm just nervous about Baldur's Gate Three, man. I don't know. I don't know. Like. I think all things point to it being a game that's a good game. I just don't know if it's a game that has really been singing and calling to me. I'm teetering on the edge of starting it because I'm kind of I've wrapped up like all the big stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's I'm nervous because it's so big. Yeah, and, you know what I mean. Um, but I think it's going to be good. You know what I mean? Like, like obviously, I think it's going to be undoubtedly good. But um, I, other than that, I, this is I don't know if I played them all last year, but I've played. Other than Baldur's Gate, I will, I'll play all, all But, like, what a freaking list here. Like, this is, like, yeah, an overwhelmingly strong list. Um, like, yeah. I, like I, 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 I fail to see a year that, you know, like, has, like, a top-to-bottom list like this that that's strong. These are five games that are, or six games that are, like, I don't know, generation-defining games. Dude, I know. <laughs> like, it, it, it's truly, truly wild. Yeah. Um, uh, well, let's see what else here is where these categories that, that people are interested in best narrative. We got, um, 
let's see here, Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Cyberpunk 2077, Phantom Liberty, Final Fantasy 16, Marvel Spider-Man 2. I, I found that the treatment of Cyberpunk in, in this, um, this, the Game Awards this year is kind of interesting because a bunch of like Phantom Liberty stuff has been like, uh, uh, is like what has been nominated. But like, I don't think, does like DLC usually get that treatment? I don't think so, right? I don't know. This seems like weird. And, and it's almost like they've just relaunched the game to a certain point. Yeah, that's kind of um, what it is, right? Which is like now it's actually the game. Yeah. Uh, like finally, how many ever years later? Um, was the game like Miles Morales something that was, I mean, that's a standalone game on its own, even though it was like a bite-sized thing. But I, I really feel like Cyberpunk Phantom Liberty is set up more as just like being a DLC with other yeah. updates to it. I'll say this. Miles Morales did not get any game game awards like nods or anything like that. I think because it released in like November, December, if I'm remembering correctly. So it would have been in the next, it would have yeah, been in 2021. Yeah. And like, that just like doesn't happen as much. Um, so that's unfortunate, I, but yeah. Do you, do you think a, a RPG like Baldur's Gate three is a best narrative contender? Um, I haven't played it, but I imagine so. Right. Like, the narrative in that game is has to be impressive for for to draw you in, right? The different narratives, the different elements of writing with it, right? Like, I'd say so. Yeah, I guess I guess it's called for outstanding storytelling and narrative development in a game. I think by adding narrative development, I just don't necessarily consider that to be when I think of a narrative game. I think that's more think of like, like this kind of A to B story. Like this right? is the story. Yeah. That one seems more like your story is what you write. Um, yeah. which I guess is technically like a story, but like a choose your own adventure versus like a set story just feels like different footings to me. But impressive all the same that a game like that has such a strong story that people talk about. I think it's tough though. You, you didn't like touch on something here. Maybe we'll do a whole episode about like just how the game awards are, are kind of tricky to even talk about. Like how do you even compare something like that? Like a choose your own adventure D and D style game to a straightforward A to B story like Spider-Man two. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, like those are just so like vastly different, right? And you, you know, um, you know, your boy's pissed about this category for certain reasons. First of all, there's only five. Why can't there be yeah. six? And what game? What story is this missing? And I know you don't agree with this shit, but there's a narrative uh, game that I am Jedi so Thriver. pissed about that's not on this yeah. list. I, it did not. It did not uh, get nominated for a bunch of stuff. But also, like Starfield is like one thing I think. Uh, but yeah. it did get Most nominated. Most disappointing for... game. <laughs> hey. uh, uh, it did get nominated for Star Wars. By the way, uh, uh, best action adventure game, um, which I think it it could win. I don't know. You got Alan Wake two, Spider Man two, Resident Evil four, Jedi Survivor, Tears of the Kingdom. Um, There's so many categories. I can't find it here. Yeah, I know. There <laughs> right, you go. Um, but like the the other the other big thing I want to take a look at is best performance. Well, you're making a face. What up? Well, how like you're gonna like what a, what an odd fucking category. I'm, I, every year I feel like I'm pissed at this category just because yes, like I what know. the hell is an active adventure game? Zelda versus Jedi Survivor versus Spider Man versus Alan Wake versus Resident Evil. Those all seem like such different takes but on this that's the thing it's like like do i think alan wake 2 is an action adventure game i don't think so do i think zelda tears of the kingdom is an action adventure game i don't think i wouldn't define it that way but like it you know I think, what i'm saying like, i think like i think actually i think jedi survivor perfectly encapsulates the genre of action adventure whereas i don't think the other games do combining combat traversal and puzzle solving um tears of the kingdom i feel like you avoid combat 
Right, it's it's more of a puzzle solving about like how to deal yeah, with combat. traversal and problem solving. Jedi Survivor, all of those. Resident yep. Evil Four, that ain't a traversal game. Yeah, there's like semi open world areas, but you're not traversing that. Spider Man, yeah. the puzzles are like get rid of this black thing on the, uh, <laughs> on, the on, on the the virus, and that's it. That's yeah. not a puzzle. That's just like a, a means to an end. I guess it technically satisfies that. And Alan Wake Two, is that really a traversal game? It's puzzle solving. It's I guess combat, but is that a I no, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's an action adventure game, but yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, but the other the other category I want to highlight here, and also we can talk about game awards all day, which we will eventually. We'll do a bonus episode on it uh, for sure, and it'll be like nine hours long. Um, <laughs> uh, best performance though, we got Ben Starr for uh, Clive in Final Fantasy 16, Cameron Monaghan uh, for uh, Cal Kestis in Star Wars Jedi Survivor, uh, Idris Elba as whoever Idris Elba plays in Cyberpunk 2077: Phantom Liberty, uh, Melanie Lyburn for Saga Anderson in Alan Wake Two. Uh, I think I, my, my money's on her. Um, I don't know if she'll win though. Uh, Neil Newbin uh, for uh, Starion, I think the the vampire pe- pe- in Baldur's Gate three. Love, people love that. Love uh, Neil Newbern. They really do. Like that's like uh, the, like that's a there. There's a lot of different emotions and feelings and and things that are going on with that character from positive to of, in love intimate, to intimate. a lot of intimate. Mm-hmm. Rule thirty four. Neil. Oh my gosh! Your <laughs> Just melt in a second. Uh, and then you got Yuri Lowenthal for uh, Peter Parker in in Spider Man Two. Um, this is this is a fucking incredible cast. Uh, like, like like these are all all incredible performances. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I think Ben Starr will probably win. Everyone seems to love that guy. Uh, he, he just won at like the Golden Joysticks or something like that. I, I didn't necessarily know what the event was, but he just won uh, for, for playing Clive. Uh, but yeah, damn, this, this is a stacked uh, year. Uh, Justin, we're going to talk more about this, like I said, uh, at, a, at a later date in time. Is there anything else you want to talk about Game Award nominees uh, here before we move on? No, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm excited for this year. Um, it kind of just goes to show you how big of a year this was that there's so many games um uh octopath traveler 2 not nominated for a single game is that true that is 100 true according to the internet it got it got it did not get nominated for best rpg but final fantasy 16 did which is crazy like that is just straight up not an RPG. That is closer to an action adventure game. Yes, than- yes, it is. That's a, that's just straight <laughs> no up an action game. No puzzles. It action game. Yeah, yeah, it's an action. Yeah, game, that's but- like I, I'm. It, it boggles my mind as to like why that got nominated. Also, there's like this big um, uh, huff and puff about best indie, which uh, or independent game. Where is it? Uh, th- yeah, this is like laid out really weird. Um, big huff and puff because Day of the, Dave the Diver um was nominated and that is is not like an independent game um made under a large studio uh and then also it's like made outside the traditional publishing system right you've got cocoon published by annapurna interactive which you know i would say at this point is an established major publisher you know what i mean well maybe maybe it's not about an independent game maybe it's about a game that's indies nuts (laughs) Fucking jeez, you got. I was like, I was like, oh, interesting. Where's this going? <laughs> um, but uh, you know, if you wanted to even talk about this though, like independent outside of the traditional publisher system, Larian Studios published, self-published, Baldur Gate Three. Is that an indie game, or are we just going off of fucking what feels like an indie game? What so game looks like art. it's bad? You know, like it's like a pixely game. What? That's that's an indie game. 
put Not like Venba. Venba, I would put on this. Did Venba get nominated? It, it did. It got nominated for um, uh, where is it? Uh, Games for Impact. Okay, yeah, yeah, that, uh, that's uh, yeah, makes along, sense. Along with, I will say, along with Chia and Chance of Senar. So I have no fucking idea where I'm going with this. Oh, I'm Venba for me on that one. Uh, I would actually agree. I, I think Venba yeah. uh, was a uh, very moving experience. I really liked Chia. I really liked Chance of Oh, I, I never got your. Games, I never got your review on Goodbye Volcano High. I got to get to it, dude. Uh, like, <laughs> I, I'm gonna sit down with Elena and I'm gonna be like, "What do we want to do? Are we doing Baldur's Gate? Are we doing Volcano yeah. High?" Yeah, we're gonna get to our game of the year discussion. It'd be like number five, Alan Wake Two, and I'll be like, "Okay, that's pretty low from what I thought." Number four, Zelda, and I'll be like, "Where the hell is this going?" And then you go with Goodbye Volcano High as number one. It's always been goodbye, Volcano High. It's always been there. Always. Um, Justin, let's for a moment talk about Grand Theft Auto 6. According to Rockstar, they are going to be um, showing the first trailer for GTA 6 in December, uh, in early December. So a lot of people are thinking um, that is going to be for the Game Awards. Uh, There's no real information as to what to expect other than like the leaks that we've heard about. Like, is it like a Bonnie and Clyde sort of like... Uh, uh, crime thriller romance set in Vice City. Uh, there were the leaks last summer um, showing showing some stuff, some early dev footage and whatever. But uh, Justin, what do, what do you think of this? I imagine you're excited as a fan of Grand Theft Auto. I, I mean, I would say I'm not necessarily a fan of Grand Theft Auto um, per se. I enjoyed Grand Theft Auto V. Um, I thought the story was like interesting enough. Uh, but like even playing that game, that game felt like a little old in terms of like a lot of it's like just gameplay and like moment to moment stuff. Um, I think out of all those, like it, it was a good grand theft auto game. Um, I am excited with what, with what rockstar can do in the wake of red dead two. And if Mm -hmm. this game is a jump from red dead one to red dead two, if it's GTA five to GTA six, and it's like that kind of jump, I'm excited for what that could be. Is that the route they're going to go? Are they going to clean it up for it to be such a game like that? I don't know. I'm like, I don't think this is like a game I'm going to play day one necessarily, but it might be one of those games that when I have a ton of time to play something, I might dive into it. Um, But like, we know that this game is going to sell well. We know this game is going to be a big game and people are going to like it a lot. I don't think a trailer is going to suddenly make me go, yes, yes. Right. Yeah. Cause, cause that's the thing. Like I've never really played one of these games before. I've never really played a rockstar game before. Um, like I, I have, but like not like seriously, you know, I, I don't think a trailer is going to make me be like, I can't believe this. I had no idea what GTA would be, but I do think that it, I will play it when it comes out and it, it's going to be one of those things where it's like, Oh, I get why people like these games. You know what I mean? This is special. Like, like Rockstar is a special developer, but yeah, I think it's got to win me over um, for me to want to play it day one. I probably will just because of what we do. And I'm sure it'll be like a, a big moment in gaming and I don't want to miss that out. But um, I mean, yeah, no shit. It's coming out. You know, <laughs> right. That's the thing. It's like, it's like, we, this has sort of been, uh, uh, what's the word? Like, this has been a going to this is this has been inevitable for a long time, but uh, it's exciting to, to finally know and it, that that something is is in the works. So, yeah, I think I think to expect it at the Game Awards is um, makes a lot of sense. But. Imagine being so big and so like powerful as a developer that you don't have to like have a fun color behind your announcement, just black and white. Just black That's all and you white need. text. Yep. Yeah. And, and the announcement is there will be a trailer in a month and a half. Yep, that's it. <laughs> like that's, it's insane. that's it. It's insane. Yeah. Um, speaking of, (laughs) 
Uh, Mass Effect uh, for N7 Day. Um, after laying a bunch of people off, unfortunately, Electronic Arts decided to uh, show off a new teaser trailer for the next Mass Effect game that shows someone wearing an N7 jacket and like a motorcycle helmet, uh, brandish a gun, turn around, and then cut to just Mass Effect logo. Um, that said, Jeff Grubb uh, said Grubb. that, according to his source, um, that uh, uh, we can expect Mass Effect 5 in 2029, six years from now, which makes sense. So far, we've seen two minutes of footage of this game. And it's not even footage of the game. We've just like every single year for November 7th, we just get nothing. We just get like seriously a teaser trailer for nothing. It's like, OK, just to remind you, Mass Effect, in fact, does still exist. But uh, what, do you, what does this make you think? I mean, I love I love me some Mass Effect. Um, I was surprised at how into it I was when uh, the Legendary uh, Edition came out and I replayed that first yeah. game and I really was back into that world, back into that story. As old games, as old games as it could be, that is an old fucking game. I still was like just enthralled by playing it again. Um, I think very few games do like storytelling like Mass Effect. And even... I was a huge fan of Mass Effect Andromeda, even though I know that's not like a popular thing to do, uh, mostly because it was a jump, jump, dash game. So um, if this game is updated, if this game is truly your next gen type of game, and if it has a jump, jump, dash mechanic, oh boy, am I excited to play this game. Yeah, I, I think like it is. Um, I, I think that this is going to be a big deal when it comes out, but we're just so far away that like these teasers make me like laugh a little bit. Cause I'm just like, what am I supposed to be looking forward to right now? Yeah. 2029. That's six years. I'm going to be 31 years okay. old. That's insane. Okay. Like, like <laughs> six years ago, where were you? That's the real question. Six years ago. What was that? 2017. Yeah. I was uh, 19 years old. It's a good year in college. Um, out of a long-term relationship. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I was pl- I was got through it by playing uh, no joke, Animal Crossing New Leaf. Okay, and Doom 2016. <laughs> um, funny you should say that because around that time I was playing uh Animal Crossing Pocket Camp. Um, yep. it looks like um that's that's what I was still playing at that point. Uh, was I living? No, I wasn't living at home. I, f- I found a Christmas tree from that year, so I was not sure. living at home. My first Christmas tree. Um, wow. I don't even think Archie was a twinkle in my eye yet. I don't think so. I mean, he was still alive because you know he's been yeah, alive for a hundred years. Like, but like, yeah, he's he's eternal, obviously. No, he, he um, was he was in the middle of his working phase. It was before his retirement, forced <laughs> retirement. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Justin, let's talk about Nintendo. More <laughs> specifically, let's talk about The Legend of Zelda. More specifically, let's talk about the live-action Legend of Zelda movie that apparently is happening. Um, we were blessed with a tweet. And it and, and it's always does, a tweet. Yeah, how does every good Nintendo tweet start? This is Miyamoto. <laughs> Which makes me laugh, because it makes me feel like he took the phone. You know what I mean? He like, took the phone out of the hands of whoever was tweeting. This is Miyamoto. I've been working on the live-action film of The Legend of Zelda for many years now with Avi Arad-san, who has produced many mega-hit films. I have asked Avi-san to produce this film with me. We now have officially started the development of the film with Nintendo itself heavily involved in the production. It will take time until its completion, but I hope you look forward to seeing it. Just... 
wild that it, like this happened on Tuesday at like four in the afternoon. What the fuck? Ugh. Um, so we got a live action Zelda movie coming out, produced by Avi Arad, who um, ha- like. The headlines are like Avi Arad, producer of Morbius, which is true. And I'm not trying to say that he didn't do that. Um, but he also, I mean, he produced Spider-Man Beyond the Spider-Verse. Like, that's pretty good. He's he's done a lot of, like, Spider-Man stuff that was successful. Um, didn't he produce, like, a bunch of the early MCU stuff? Yep, Iron Man. He produced the Uncharted movie, which... I mean, I'll say this. I think it's pretty good for what it is. Um, you know what I mean? Like, he produced X-Men and X2, Guardians of the Galaxy. That said, he also did produce X-Men Origins Wolverine and Venom and Venom 2 and the Punisher movie. Mm, 10 out of 10 games. And Morbius and Spider-Man. He's done all the Spider-Man movies. You know what I mean? Like, like yes, yes, that is not a great look, but like, I don't know. All right, let me let me tell you something. The writer they have um, listed is, for yes, this, yes, it is. It's not Derek great. <laughs> Connolly. Um, a couple of his writing credits here. Let me just let me throw these out there for you. Jurassic World Dominion. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, that was one of my favorite movie going experiences of last year. Yeah, um, because uh, it was hysterical. I know you'll love this one too. Uh, Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, it's not great. Uh, Pokemon Detective Pikachu. That was all right. Fine. Uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. That was pretty bad. Kong Skull Island. Yes. I didn't watch it. And you might have have forgotten this, but uh, he was the screenplay writer for Monster Trucks. Oh, yeah. Monster Trucks is actually my favorite one. Yeah. So. Um, It's going to be directed, though, uh, by uh, uh, Wes Ball, who directed uh, the Maze Runner movies. And then Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, which is the new Planet mm-hmm. of the Apes movie that's coming out. Um, mm-hmm. 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 So like, I, I don't hate that, but you, um, I'm you not. I'm not like watch. You watch the Maze Runner. Um, I did not, but I know people I respect and like are fans of those movies. Okay. 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 Um, I'll, I'll give you I don't that. Know. I'll like, give you like that. Uh, do, do, am I filled with confidence by this? No. Yes. Oh, um, I mean, no. Am I, what am I what am I least filled with confidence? What detail am I least filled with confidence about? Uh live action. What is that gonna yeah. be? I uh I mean, who do you think besides Timothy Chalamet will be Link? Um, can I be honest with you? My pick is Raul Kali. Oh <laughs> I think he would be pretty like my non-joke answer is Raul Kali. I think he would actually be very good. They're not gonna do that, they're gonna get some young guy. Tom Holland, they're gonna fucking cast in this movie. <laughs> hey guys, it's me. <laughs> yeah, I'm Link. I hate it. I saw this thing I'm that was five like, years old. Let's get let's get Danny DeVito as Tingle. Um, let's get Idris Elba actually as Ganondorf. I think would be very good. Uh, or Ganon. I forget the two. I forget which one is which. Um, I, I saw this thing that was like, oh my gosh, it's a live, it's a, it's a live action movie. The line is going to be like, Zelda, you go left, I'll go right. Tingle, you just keep being Tingle. I'm like, fuck, that's going right. to be in um, there. <laughs> I, I think you're missing a very obvious choice for Ganondorf. Uh, tell me. Nick Cage. Sold. I'd watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I think the that Nick- would be 10 out of 10 casting right there. 
I, I came up with this. This came to me in a, in a dream. The Great Deku Tree played by Vin Diesel. Right? I mean, he, am he's good Deku. At, he's good at being a big, a big... I am Deku Tree. Yeah, there you go. I am Deku Tree. Oh, like, you're going to make me go and start start jamming up to Vin Diesel music now. That's that's what we're going to do. That's going to end Diesel the show. Vin Diesel music? Oh, I forgot yeah. that he does that. You know, I, oh, I, I think didn't. about... Um, I think this about is on my morning playlist. Bruce Willis's music. Does it just feel that jam? Oh, I feel it. I like that. It's imagine him wearing like big sunglasses. Look at that! Look at that happy face right there. Yeah, it's incredible. That's just like a photo he took of himself <laughs> and just uploaded. Uh, anyway, uh, I think there is bonus content for us here to do a, a full casting of the Zelda movie, both jokes and serious. But um, last thing I have here for the news is that. Sony uh, confirms that it has delayed half of its 12 planned live service games. I didn't know that there were 12 live service games in the, in the works by Sony, but apparently six of them have been delayed um, to be showing up past March 2026. Um, so no idea what those games will be, um, but they are going to be farther away than we even thought they might be. Uh, what, how, how does that make you feel, Justin Makovich? You, you you think at one point they had like their like their their producer team being like I just don't have time for even two of these games, let alone twelve of them. <laughs> like, but like does that anyone is, actually like does anyone who plays video games have time for twelve live service games? You barely have time for one, and that's the thing. It's it's like not only is it twelve live service games from Sony, but you're compete like that's assuming that all of those people are going to play one of those games. When like, are you gonna drag people away from Fortnite? Are you gonna drag people away from Warzone? Are you gonna drag people away from Apex and Overwatch? No, you're, you're uh, but not. You will drag them away from Modern Warfare or Three. Yeah. <laughs> I guess so, right? But those people are all going to Valorant or or Overwatch or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Man, I don't know. Like, none of this makes me excited. None of this is interesting to me. Like, or not interested. Like, none of this like makes me like excited to to play video games by Sony, um, especially if they're just like having such a hard time with their studios which it seems like they might be based on like their layoffs and and everything else like that and the fact that you know apparently bungie is coming in and saying like hey these games are not going to be up to serve up to snuff you know um uh, uh a what's his, a, a naughty dog um uh tech who head of technology at naughty dog let me see here um head of technology christian girling um left the studio after 17 years um that you know that happens people leave studios and whatever but it's just one of those things where like i have no idea what the fuck is going on behind the scenes there but what do you what do you think i i don't know i i feel like video games are in a weird transitional period it seems like right now everyone's got all these awesome game of the years out and now like companies are just kind of like all right now what looks like we're in a transitional space here let's cut down extra costs and get ready for the next thing and extra costs in video game world means the people who have put their heart and souls into these games and probably made it like unlivable for a lot of these people to be in and and just not great places and naughty dog has a bunch of turmoil in it right now i mean with all this faction stuff that's happening um like is that game happening is that going to be there what's going on with naughty dog I mean, to have that kind of uncertainty from Naughty Dog is, I think, a frightening thing. And I know one thing about Naughty Dog, they don't half-ass stuff, so they probably full-ass that, and it just wasn't good. And yeah. They don't want to ruin their reputation. But that's the other thing, too. It's like, maybe it was good, but maybe it was not going to make the money that, um, that, that, uh, uh, 
Sony wanted. You know what I mean? And so yeah. maybe that's what wasn't sustainable about it from Bungie. It's just like it's a fine enough game, but like in terms of what it is going to be, in terms of, um, it, like or like yeah, or or Sony was pulling like a Dead Space three on it and being like, this is what you got to do with your game, and telling Naughty Dog how to make a game and fit into the live service model. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just. Uh, just a nightmare. Uh, and WB Games recently said, like, we're leaning hard into our live service games. And it's like, fuck, you guys are making that Suicide Squad game. <laughs> Fix Don't don't make that game. It looks like it a wonderful 2016 game right there. Yeah, exactly. It does. It does. So, so that's the news. That's the end of our episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you're interested in hearing even more thoughts on Persona 5 Tactica, you can find that patreon.com slash hitboxpod by becoming a $3 deluxe podcast producer following in the shoes of Jane Noll, Dave Parker, and GKS. If you can't um, uh, uh, donate to us monetarily there, all good. Give us a follow on twitter at twitter twitter.com at hitboxpod um rate this podcast in your podcast player of choice join our discord server the link to that is in the description of this episode justin am i forgetting anything uh you're forgetting that you're an awesome human being who i'm very jealous of because you'd be at the game awards wearing i don't know like i imagine you're just wearing like this like just kick-ass suit probably like a very interesting like kind of like jacket going on i texted my friend kevin you know kevin oh i was like i need fashion advice <laughs> because i uh i need to actually look good um i'm excited to to, to share all of it with you uh because i know that you will be very interested in it and excited to hear it all and share it all with our listeners as well because i imagine i'll have some uh little insights to to share about just what happens at the game awards and what and kind of that. food so, do they serve do they have popcorn does it smell good in there does jeff keely as tall as i think he is i truly don't know uh I, I imagine they do not sell food there, right? Because it's like an award show. <laughs> uh, I'll also probably be doing like some work. Like I imagine like I'll have like a laptop out to edit some stuff that I worked on. Because they, like I'm going to be doing like, uh, like it, I think we're going to try and get me to do like little interviews with, with people. So like I'll probably have to be doing like little snippets of stuff, like editing that like during the actual show. But like so much of that show like is, is like art, high quality it's just a lot of lot of oh good another warhammer video game great let's watch this uh anyway we will catch you next week for even more video game news always remember old games are old bye bye I'll stop recording. <laughs> <laughs>